Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of one of our 2020 Elul study classes. Let's start this evening, this afternoon, the same way we start everyone. We'll do a little bit of uh, singing first. Uh, this is one of my favorite Nigunim for this time of year. It's called the Elul Nigun uh, by Eitan Katz. It goes like this. Afternoon. So again, that's the that's the Elul Nigun by uh, Eitan Katz. It's one of my favorite Nigunim. I like the way that it uh, it you know in this thinking about music as midrash, the way that it sort of starts down low and then uh, and then there's an uplift. Oh, Rabbi, Rabbi Shas just posted the video in uh, in uh, the chat. If you want to have that for the future. Um, okay, so we're going to continue on our on our journey through uh, through the liturgy, looking at some uh, at some of the midrash behind the music and thinking about ways that it impacts and influences and helps to better express what the music is uh, is already trying to say. This week we're going to take a look at um, three particular pieces, um, only one of which is like technically part of the liturgy right now. But uh, but maybe maybe more will uh, will come from it uh, pretty soon. So we're gonna uh, I'll see if I can share my screen here. All right, everybody see that? Yeah. All right. Let's make it a little bigger so it's easier for everyone. Aha! Did that get blurry a little? That's fine. Okay. So um, I want to take a look first of all at uh, at this particular um, quote from the Psalms. Um, which we'll get to in just a second, but it's talking a little bit about what I think sort of th- this this holiday season is is really all about, uh, and, and the ways that we sh- we can remind ourselves of uh, where we're at and where we want to get to. So, um, does anyone want to be our reader for today, or maybe maybe I should be our reader for today? How's that sound, everybody? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm going to read through here. So um, I. The, the quote we're actually going to look at is uh, is from Psalm 23. Um, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But before we get to this, um, I thought we could talk a little bit about um, things that are, are going along with us. So we have here from the Book of Shavuot, there's this verse, I'm sending you an angel before you to guard you on the way, God says to the people of Israel. And uh, the Hasidic commentator Menachem Mendel of Kotsk explains that Kishiyesh lo le'adam inyan imha anochishalo. When a person has a problem, has something going on with their anochi, with their eye, 
Then they are in need, perhaps, of an angel to protect them on their way. So that they don't, perhaps, deviate from uh, their current path. And I like the idea of, of you know, it says, Here I am sending you an angel. But the Hasidic commentators take that eye and, and change who it's directed to. And it's not really about God sending an angel. It's about you. It's about same thing with, with Emet being about you, like we talked about last week. It's talking about if there is something that you are, if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling lost, uh, if there's something going on that you're struggling with inside, that that's the moment when God sends an angel, when God sends sort of to be with you, to accompany you through that moment. That it's trying to find ways, that God is trying to find ways for you not to be alone in that moment. Um, Rabbi Schatz and I both went to the Ziegler School where the Dean, Rabbi Artson, is a big fan of process theology, which is all about God being in relationship with all these different beings and creations. And when we are in connection with other people, when we're in relationship, when we feel something in that relationship, that's God being present in that moment. Um, so, so that's the first thing, that there's this angel that's sort of coming after us, that's following us. Whenever we're struggling, whenever we're finding ourselves at a loss, that's when this angel comes out to us. And then uh, in last week's Parsha, we have this, uh, we have this sorry, in, actually in this week's Parsha, Parsha Kitavo, we have another verse. We're talking all about the blessings and the curses. This is one of the longest Parshiot in the Torah. It has like two and a half columns of curses. Um, and surrounding it are blessings on both sides. And we get this verse, it says, Uvau ala all of these blessings will come and they'll catch up to you. It's not just that they'll that they'll find you. Uh, it's that they're actively looking for you. They're looking to catch up to you, and uh, and so. Uh, because you've listened to the, to the Lord your God. And, uh, and so this is what the Dego Machana Ephraim, another one of my favorite Hasidic commentators, has to say. He says, A person sometimes, perhaps due to lack of judgment or understanding, runs away from the good. Maybe they don't know that this thing is good for them. This is why King David prayed, Surely goodness and kindness will chase after me. Achtov vachesed yir defuni. Because sometimes I don't know or I don't realize that I should be chasing after the goodness and the kindness. So instead, it chases after me and catches up to me. And that's what the Torah means when it says all these blessings will catch up to you. They'll come up to you and catch you. So the idea I think here is that it, whenever you're struggling, whether there's a problem with your anochi or there, you're having a hard time or something, or you're not able to see the direction of your path, you're in this sort of gam kielech begeit samavid, you're in this, this path, this valley of the shadow of death, that even if you might be lost and you're having trouble searching for goodness and kindness, that they're actually actively seeking you out, that they are looking for you, that no matter what, goodness and kindness are coming for you. The way that this, this prayer is normally translated, the Psalm 23, when we think about it in the English, is surely mercy and goodness and mercy will be with me all the days of my life. Mercy is an interesting translation for the word um, chesed. It actually really isn't a translation of the word chesed. But usually, we're not actually using, whenever you use a translation, you're interpreting. It's somebody's choice as to what words we're going to use for a language that the words originally came in that was different. So uh, when we think about mercy and goodness, we think about forgiveness. But with chesed, it's this sort of active loving kindness. And I was trying to think about what the difference is between goodness and loving kindness. They kind of seem to go hand in hand. But what I thought about was that uh, you could be good without being kind. You could know the right thing to do and do that good thing without acting out of this sense of loving kindness. It could be out of a sense of duty. And that's not the same thing. This loving kindness is this elevated effect. It's this way, the ideal of the way that we should behave. It's not just doing the right thing. It's understanding why we're doing the right thing and doing it with a full heart. Um, and it's hard to get up to that moment at all times. So those two thoughts were impacting me a lot when I was thinking about ways to craft these uh, these words for Gam Kelech. I was uh, with my writing partner, Colleen Deeker. I was uh, the viol a violinist, and she was going through a very difficult time. And we were thinking about, uh, we were playing around with the melody and thinking about these words. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. And this line, Ach does not come right away, right? Surely that my staff and my reed that will, will, will guide me comes in between it. But we wanted this line to be the line that comes next so that we could remember that we could remember this goodness and kindness. Ah, it also reminds Rabbi Shatz of the Shabbat angel. So what do, you, what do you mean by that? Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. I just... Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I think this idea that if you scroll up a second, I'll just I can. Oh yes. Of the, so this idea that like that an angel is actually with you along your way. There's this in in the Talmud. I was gonna try to quote it, but I'm not sure that I remember exactly what it is. I think it's in Shabbat, which would make sense. Um, that there are actually angels, a good angel and a bad angel. I think it's Shabbat 119a, but don't quote me. Um, that one angel comes with you that's good and one angel comes with you that's bad. And they have this kind of dialogue based on how you're practicing Shabbat, which I'm not sure that I actually love the story of what they do. But this idea that you have angels that guard you along your way, I think is such a beautiful. There's also that song, um, um, uh, right, that all these different angels, there we go, um, that all these different angels have different ways of protecting us based on their unique value and their unique kind of skill or job in the world. And so it just made me think about that way that we also think of angels in our, in our liturgy and in our canon. I love that, right? That there's these angels that are following us at all times. Thank you so much. And, uh, and, and I think that's what's, that's what's really happening here. And so when we were trying to think about a way to, to sing this melody, you'll notice when we're singing it, 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 when it's just my voice, you can't hear it as well. But the, the original goal is that the first part of the melody repeats four times. The first time, it's one voice alone. The second time, another voice is added in harmony. The third time, another voice is added. And the fourth time, another voice is added. With the idea being that... When you're singing this, it's trying to get you to feel less alone, to feel like there are these angels, that there's this presence, that someone else is with you in that moment. And I think a lot of the times when we're not able to see some of these angels that might be with us, helping us with our anochi, we're, we're able to use our community, each other. We serve as angels for each other. And I really love gematria, Hebrew numerology, where different letters have different numerical significances and you can connect different words to each other based on their numerical equations, um, math and language, fascinating. Um, but malach has the same numerical equivalent as amen. Um, uh, 91, 91, Malach and Amen. And the idea, I think, is that when you say Amen to someone, when you say, I'm listening to you, I hear you, I'm with you in this moment, it's it's you being a Malach for somebody in that moment. It's you saying, I, I'm here for you, I hear what you're saying, and I am here in this moment with you. And that's what this song is trying to get at, these voices that are coming together to sing this out. And then when we get to the second part, you'll hopefully hear that this this goodness and kindness, the Tova Chesed, is Yir Defuni. It's not just that it's out there walking around. It's that it's searching for you. It's active. And hopefully you'll hear sort of the force of that, of the goodness and kindness coming around to find you. Kol chayai, all the days of my life. So it goes like this. We'll sing it uh, a few times. So we'll see if you want to join in anytime. Come, <laughs> Big Call your me, 
the loss of uh, of not being at not being together more than ever when I sing a song like that one where uh, where I just feel like it it's just so elevated by getting to hear multiple voices so uh, hopefully at least you got to hear your, your voice at another voice <laughs> in the screen together um, okay this is one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite prayers it's a prayer called Asher Yatsar Asher Yatsar is the prayer that you say when they go to the bathroom um, and, uh, it's, uh, it's my favorite prayer for a lot of reasons, but first of all, it's because, um, I think that so much of Judaism is just about awareness. It's about noticing the things that are happening in the world around us and living our lives intentionally. It's living our lives with purpose. And what Asher Yatsar is about is it's saying that there are so many different things that have to happen in our body in order for us to go to the bathroom effectively and successfully. And... Right. There are things that have to open and close properly. There are vessels that have to move around. Right, All these things have to happen properly. And so this, this blessing is about the small miracles that happen in our lives every single day. The bracha that we say is, God, the healer of flesh and the doer of wonders, the doer of miracles, that even this small thing isn't so much a small thing. It's actually a pretty big thing. And, and you know, the, the older we get, the more we realize how, how big a deal it is to be able to, to go to the bathroom successfully. Um, it's something that we think about and need to think about more often. And uh, the rabbis also think about what it is for, for this to be such a miracle. They say that the miracle is that our bodies are kind of like a sieve. Right? It's like a container with holes in it. Uh, you know, like when you're, have, when you're draining pasta and you pour the water in and all the water comes out, all the holes. And normally a container with all of these holes in it wouldn't be able to hold something within it. But even though our bodies have so many holes all over the place, we have a ruach, a neshama, a spirit inside of us that's contained and nurtured our entire lives. Our neshama doesn't just fall out of us. 
It sits inside of us. The miracle is that it can stay there throughout our entire lives, being a part of what, whatever it is that we're doing, the activities that we're involved in on, a, on any given day. And, uh, and, and when I was thinking about those words about wonder and noticing the things all around us, and again, with this idea of angels who are accompanying us on our journey, this is one of my favorite quotes about, uh, about angels. It comes from Midrash Rabbah, and it says, uh, Amar Rabbi Simon, Ein lecha kol esev esev she'ein lo mazal barakia shemakeoto ve'omer lo gidal. Rabbi Simon says, there's no plant, no piece of grass, no blade of grass without an angel in heaven tending to it and telling it, grow. If we were translating it literally, it's sort of shemakeoto is like it hits you. They're like the angel is always there hitting you and telling you, grow, grow. But I think what this is trying to say is that there are these angels in our lives who have helped us get to the moment where we are, that, that there are some people who have helped us grow. Every person and everything we encounter in some way becomes an angel for us. In some way, even just a small blade of grass can help give us growth, can help us learn something about ourselves, can help elevate our own experience and help us become the best version of ourselves. And around this time of year in Elul, this is what we're trying to think about. It's reflecting on all of those touch points over the past year. It's thinking about all of those angels that have whispered in our ears over the last year. How have we listened to them? How have we not listened to them? What are ways that we're going to hear those angels more often this year and guide us towards this path of, of light and, uh, and goodness, of chesed and loving kindness? So this is a prayer called Wonder, and uh, it's based on Asher Yatsar. And uh, Asher Yatsar was a prayer that uh, I always I, I knew about sort of as an as a older adolescent was when I first learned about it. Um, and I, I've learned a, a few different melodies for this prayer, some of which I really, really love. But I wanted there to be a melody that had all of the words in the Hebrew in it because um, I wanted to be able to remember it. And that's how I remember things. It's when they have melodies. So um, that's what this prayer is all about. And the English is a, a sort of a prose prayer that I wrote about all the wondrous things that I'm noticing uh, when I live any given day and how we can use that to express gratitude especially and in a moment like uh, that, that, that's filled that's sort of not filled with intention like going to the bathroom we never really think about going to the bathroom we do it and we get out of there um, but what happens if we're able to even name that moment as a moment of intention how much more so can our whole life be elevated through intentions so it goes like this the sun cease to glow, should my heart cease to beat. I thank you again and again that my body is complete. I can think, I can breathe, I can hope, I can sneeze, I can laugh. I can cry, I can pray for the wonder each day. Galuri 
talking to God to talk to human beings. And after that, we have this idea about what makes our prayer intentional. And some of these rabbis had a habit of at the end of their Amidah, they would say specific phrases and they would say them over and over again. It was like a mantra for them. This was the way that they always ended prayer. So I wanted to just read through a few of these uh, and think about some of them and where they come from. And one of them in particular is uh, particularly pertinent for, for this time right now, leading us into the high holidays. So first we have the teaching of Rabbi Chia. It says, after Rabbi Chia prayed, he said the following prayer. May it be your will, Lord our God, that your Torah should be our vocation. And may our heart not become faint, nor our eyes dim. I really love this prayer. And I think that there's a, you know, short and sweet, the prayer of Rabbi Chia. And, uh, and when I studied this, the first time I really saw this prayer is, uh, was a couple months ago. And we were already in this era of Zoom prayer, of Zoom connections. And, uh, and I was thinking about what it meant for our eyes to become dim. And uh, when we're staring at the Zoom screens over and over again, this was the, the prayer that I was, I was coming back to over and over again, that, you know, let, let the Torah not always be our vocation and let, our, let us not become sort of sick of this. Let our hearts not become faint and let our eyes not become blinded by just sort of staring at the screens over and over again. So again, you know, like, like, uh, like we were talking about before, this is an idea of uh, the, the moment when prayers meet us, changing the way that we think about what the words are, are saying to us. So that was the prayer of Rabbi Chia. Uh, Rav gets a little bit wordier in his prayer. And he says at the end of his Amidah, May it be your will, Lord our God, that you grant us long life, a life of peace, a life of goodness, a life of blessing, a life of sustenance, a life of freedom of movement from place to place where we're not tied to one place, a life of dread of sin, a life without shame and disgrace, a life of wealth and honor a life in which we have love of Torah and reverence for heaven, a life in which you fulfill all the desires of our heart for good. It's a much longer prayer, uh, but a prayer that, if we looked at it in the Hebrew, might be familiar to some people. Etc. Etc. These are all these different ways that we have a prayer. We're wishing for life, and this is the prayer that we say when we welcome each new month. It's the Mevarchim Chodesh. It's the prayer that lets us an- announces when the next month is coming. And so this was the first example I saw of a, of a someone's personal prayer becoming canon. Right? This is a prayer that this one person said at the end of their Amidah. And then we said, wow, this is a pretty good prayer. We really like this prayer. So maybe we should say this prayer more often. So we took this prayer mm-hmm. and we established it as the prayer that we say every single month when we welcome in Rosh Chodesh. There's actually only one month when we don't say Mavarchim Chodesh. And, uh, and that month is uh, we would be saying Mavarchim Chodesh next Saturday. But we don't say Mavarchim Chodesh before Rosh Hashanah. Um, yeah, Paul, is there something you wanted to, to share? Oh, okay. Um, uh, okay, so uh, so we, we don't we, uh, we when we say this prayer we don't actually say it on in welcoming the month of Tishrei, and uh, the rabbis have a lot of different thoughts about why this is the one month when we don't say this particular prayer and we don't announce the month, and the idea is that with every other month. We are hoping that we're going to be thinking about what happened this past month, past month and bringing goodness into the new month and pushing away all of the badness and bringing ourselves a life, just like we said, a life of blessing, a life of sustenance, a life of freedom, etc., etc. All these things are things that it makes sense. It feels like we would want to say them, bringing ourselves into the new year, into Rosh Hashanah. But for us... And for the rabbis, Rosh Hashanah was the beginning of creation, right? We talked about this uh, a, a week or two ago that August 25th, that, that's our, the Elul the 25th, those, that, that day, six days before Rosh Hashanah, was when the whole world was created. So there actually, according to the rabbis, wasn't a Shabbat before Rosh Hashanah in which to announce that Rosh Hashanah was coming. It was just the first Shabbat. This first Shabbat was Rosh Hashanah. So... It becomes, for us, a whole new beginning in a way that's more of a rebirth than a reminder of where we've come from. And so they say that we actually don't say this Mevarchim Chodesh prayer, this blessing, in this moment, uh, because we're, uh, we're trying to start totally anew. And not even thinking about the life that came before, but becoming a new version of ourselves on Rosh Hashanah. So that's the Rosh Hashanah prayer of Rav. And, uh, and now we get into the prayer of Rava, which is one of my all-time favorite prayers. This is what he says. After his prayer, Rava said the following, My God, 
Before I was created, I was worthless, and now that I have been created, it is as if I had not been created. I am no more significant. I am dust in life, all the more so in death. I am before you as a vessel filled with shame and humiliation. Therefore, may it be your will, Lord my God, that I will sin no more, and that those transgressions that I have committed cleanse in your abundant mercy. But may this cleansing not be by means of suffering and serious illness, but rather in a manner I will be able to easily endure. And this is the confession of Rav Hamnunazuti on Yom Kippur. So this is a prayer that Rav, uh, that Rava said all the time, and Rav Hamnunazuti put it in his prayer on Yom Kippur. He said, wow, this is a pretty good prayer. I'm going to put it in my prayer on Yom Kippur. And guess what? Everybody liked it so much that we also put it in our prayers only on Yom Kippur. On most days when we say the Amidah, we actually say the, the next prayer that we'll read in a second that we close our Amidah with, the prayer of, uh, of Ravina. But on Yom Kippur, we replace that with this prayer. Elohai ad shelo notzarti eni kedai, ve'achshav shenotzarti ki'ilu lo notzarti. Afar ani b'chayai, I am nothing in life. Ka v'chomoramitati, I'm just dust. It's a prayer of recognizing our own mortality. And uh, and this prayer, whenever I read it, uh, the first time we read it on Erev, on Kol Nidre, when we read it at the, the beginning of Yom Kippur, that's always the moment for me when I feel that Yom Kippur has hit. That this is the moment where we reflect on this, when we say this intentional prayer, and we've taken this prayer of an individual person and brought it to open up our own hearts and think about the ways that we want to, that we want to ask for mercy. And I love how honest, like it's very human, this prayer. He says, I want you to cleanse my sins, but please don't make me suffer, right? No serious illness, no suffering. Just uh, cleanse my sins, please. I'm very sorry about them. Don't hurt me. And I, I think that there's a lot of honesty in the way that this prayer is crafted and sort of gives us permission also to be very honest when we're thinking about what it is that we want to pray, what we want to say, how we want to open up our lives and open up our hearts to, to guide us through a moment to make prayer actually feel impactful for us. So one last prayer here in uh, of the individual, and this is the prayer of Mar, son of Ravina, uh, and it's a prayer that may be familiar to many. It's he would conclude his prayer by saying, My God, guard my tongue from evil and my lips from speaking deceit. To those who curse me, let my soul be silent, and may my soul be like dust to all. Open my heart to your Torah, and may my soul pursue your mitzvot. Save me from a bad mishap, from the evil inclination, from a bad friend, and from all evils that suddenly come from the world, come upon the world. And all who plan evil against me swiftly thwart their counsel and frustrate their plans. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart find favor before you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Prayer that ends our Amidah. This is the prayer that three times a day we say at the end of our Amidah. It was a personal prayer. And, and we add it now as our personal prayer, which is kind of a, an oxymoron, right? This is not, this is something that we've added that's now public. But, it's supposed to, again, open up our hearts to what it could mean to speak truthfully, um, to feel humility, to feel open to all that the world has to offer for us. Um, and so I, I thought about all of these prayers and I thought, what might it be like to sort of craft a prayer of my own? And I, I tried to use both these prayers as my guide, but also um, I, I felt like... Uh, you know, in some ways, imposter syndrome, like, who am I to, to write a prayer? So I didn't want to use my own words. Uh, so instead, I did what the liturgists did, the early liturgists. If you look in the prayers of Psuche de Zimra, those are just hybrid psalms. It's like a verse from this psalm and a verse from that psalm and a verse from this psalm put together on specific themes. And I thought, what would it feel like? A, a lot of those themes are not relevant to some of us today, right? Some of them are about kingship and connections to God and relationships that we don't really feel today. So what would it be like if we could craft a prayer based on the Psalms that related to how we're feeling on any given day, right? If you're feeling happy or excited, here's a Psalm for you to say that day. If you're feeling alone and lost, here's a prayer, a Psalm for you to say that day. If you're feeling nervous for something, here's a Psalm for you to say that day so that these prayers could actually guide us to what's going on in our active lives. So this was my first stab at doing something like that. It's a prayer called Tfilah Le'el Chayai, uh, the prayer for the God of my life. And uh, it's a hybrid psalm that takes from a whole bunch of different psalms um, to, uh, to craft its way into, uh, into an original prayer. So I'm going to sing it for you, and I wanted to give you a little bit of the English down at the bottom. I don't know. Can you still see the first line when I do it like that? Or is it too? Okay. So um, <coughs> I'll try and play this one through. And, and so... 
there's two halves to this prayer. There's the beginning part, um, which is the part where the person is feeling lost and alone. And then there's the turn, the key, uh, where it says, uh, and then we turn around and try and find connection, try and find a way to not feel as alone, to feel God's presence with us in this moment. And um, it turns out that uh, when I was originally writing this prayer, I was only able to come up with the melody for the lost and alone part. And I feel like that's like uh, there's something there about like when you're in your deepest sorrows or when you're in the depths of something, that's when the sort of inspiration sparks. And so when I'm in like these good moods, I still I haven't f been able to find a melody that fits with what I want to say for the positivity part. So I only have the melody for the for the beginning part, but I thought I would share it with you and then we'll talk about uh, what the words are trying to say here. So. Adonai, Shimat Filati, Shimat Filati, Vishavati, Elechatavo, Altaster Panecha Mimeni, Biom Tsarli, Biom Tsarli. Hatelayoznecha <laughs> Achad shalti meit Adonai Ota avakesh Shivti bevet Adonai Kol yemechayai Adonai, Shimat Filati, Shimat Filati, Vishavati, Elechatavo, Altaster Panecha, Mimeni, Biom Tsarli, Biom Tsarli. Telai Oznecha Biomekra Mahera Neini Altircha Kmimeni Kitsara Krova Kienoze Kienoze Shalti Nate Adonai Otavakesh Shifti Bevet Adonai Ko Yemechayai Shifti Adonai That's as far as I've gotten on the positive part. <laughs> so, but so you feel the the difference in the energy in those two pieces. So the first half is the half that uh, that we have down here um, in the beginning. It's, Oh God, hear my prayer. Let my wailing come before you. Do not hide your face from me in my time of distress. Turn your ear to me on the day that I call. Answer me speedily. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. 
One thing I ask of the divine is this is what I seek, to dwell in the divine house all the days of my life. Four, holiness is near to all who call on God sincerely. Send forth your light and your truth. It is they who will lead me. It is you who lights my lamp. Indeed, with you is the source of life. By your light do we see light. Show me, O Holy One, your way, and lead me on a level path. I've placed the divine before me at all times. By day may the Holy One command his faithful care, that at night the divine song be with me, a prayer to the holiness of my life. So in thinking about the Psalms, uh, there's a lot of intentionality that goes into into every single piece of it. And uh, and so I just wanted to just share a, a, a few things. Oh, Mara, did you have a question? Um, yeah. Um, can you say again, did you say that... Um... You looked at all the, was it the the Psalms or was it the different prayers that you showed us before of what the different rabbis did of their own prayers that brought you inspiration to, to write this? How did, I forgot what you said, your process. Yeah, it was a little bit of both. It was looking at the prayers of those rabbis, but then also looking at the Psalms, the morning prayers that we say in Psukei Zimra, our morning liturgy, is basically a collection of hybrid Psalms. So it's like a verse from this Psalm and a verse from that Psalm, all connected on a variety of different themes. So I thought, what would it be like to think of a theme that was important to me that I was feeling in a particular moment, an emotion, and craft a prayer using that same idea of picking verses from this psalm and that psalm to create a cohesive unit. So that's where this came from. Thanks. And and, uh, and so you'll see, I mean, you'll, that uh, each of these numbers over here is which psalm everything comes from. So, um, and the psalms are, are in, and often, oftentimes the original psalms are written with a ton of intentionality and, and parallelism. Um, so I wanted to share a little bit of the parallelism here. First of all, um, God's name appears in this psalm seven times, all the blue. Seven is a, is a particularly unique number and powerful number, a magical number in Judaism. So I wanted there to be a, a connection to that, that idea, this holiness of seven. Um, there's this idea of prayer in the very beginning, my prayer tefilati, and tefillah, my prayer at the end, sort of book bookending the prayer. Um, in both sections of the of the of the prayer, there is this idea of thinking about this, feeling these feelings all the days of my life, and letting this prayer guide me. Here we have kol yamei all the days of my life, and here we have yomam in daytime, uvalaila, and at night. Um, there are also a bunch of homonyms, right? I wanted there to be uh, these verses that are different from each other, but that connect due to the way that the words sound. So the words here, shavati, shivti, and shiviti, actually have nothing to do with each other. Shavati are my my uh, my cries, my woes. Shivti is to dwell or to sit in the house of God. Shiviti is to place God's presence before me always. So these things that don't have to do with each other but connect through their various different sounds. Same thing with um with uh ekra and korav, krova and karov. That same sort of sound bring us together. And shalach uh, orcha, your light, but orach mishor in the length of your days. Those those words that don't really fit together but connect to each other through through sound. And sometimes I think you know I'll hear a word and it'll take me to a different place, or I'll hear a sound that'll take me to a different word. Um, but the idea was to to find something that would be intentional for me that I could come to, and and hopefully there'll be you know uh, many more of these, but that I could come to when feeling a particular emotion and use that to open up my, my prayer and myself to the liturgy in a way that perhaps the words that are already sitting on the page might not do. Um, two of these verses, this one, Achacha Alti, and this one, Horeni Adonai Darkecha, come from Psalm 27, which is the psalm that we say during this period of uh, the season of repentance, right? Starting from the beginning of Elul all the way through Sukkot. Um, Achacha Alti, the very famous one, the one thing I ask of God is to dwell in the house of God all the days of my life. And this one, Horeni Adonai Darkecha, is a fascinating line because it comes after this line that says, uh, my father and mother have abandoned me, and you are the only one that's left with me. And the word they use to, to ask God to show us this path is Horeni, which I think is fascinating because the word Horim means parents, right? So the, we say this line about how our parents are not with us in this moment, and then we say Horeni Adonai Darkecha, serve for me this position of, of this relationship of being a parent to me, of guiding me in this moment, even when I'm feeling the most alone. Yeah, Alexandra. This is so beautiful. Thank you. Um, I wanted to, I don't know if this is what you're talking about in terms of 
like a psalm for whatever, however you're feeling. Um, I have a list from the ancient Babylonian Jews, how they used each psalm mystically. And I got it from mystical rabbis in Svat, and my mom translated it, and she and I updated it to be more modern without changing the gender roles. So, like, there are, like, a lot of, um, so summer, if you are stuck in a bad marriage, if you have a headache, like, all kinds of things um, to feel God's presence. But they're, like, really relevant, and I've been using it. And it's been amazing. So I don't know if that's the kind of thing that you were saying, or even if you might already know this list. But if, if you'd like it, I have it. Happy I to would, share. I would love that. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, it's I, been I, magical. I, using it has been magical. Like, for, yeah, it's been amazing. Um, this is my email address. But I think that, okay. that's, that's sort of exactly what I'm thinking about. It's how can we use the words that were already here, that are here for us and have been here for ancient Jews for, for forever, and how can we find a way to make them feel meaningful for us in the things that we're living through in our lives right now? That's exactly it. Um, thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy to share it. I love this. And it's been like, there's even one for Save the City, which I've been saying a lot these days. Um, there are two for that, actually. Uh, well, uh, um, thank you so much. So yeah, I know we're coming to, uh, to the end of our time for today. We have one more Music as Midrash coming up next week if you want to join us for a conclusion of all of our learning and, and musical journey together. I thought we'd end the same way that we began with our Nigun for Elul, bring ourselves back into this moment. We've talked a lot about words, but let's take a moment and, and just hold on to the melody for a second and, uh, and we'll see where that gets us. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a wonderful evening, and we'll see you again soon. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.